My name is Nathan Irie. I'm the pastor of People's Baptist Church in Folkestone, Georgia, and I want to have a little Bible study with you today. Now, if you're listening to this Bible study, this little sermon, I'm sure you've already seen the title. I called this Bible study, Choose You This Day, The Church or Family, and I'm sure that will probably make some waves among some of you. And I kind of hope it does. I hope it gets you thinking. And it probably already in your mind you're thinking, now this guy couldn't possibly believe that it's right to pit the church and the family against each other. And you're right about that. I, I don't believe that it's sensible to really pit the church against the family or the family against the church. But I'm doing this Bible study because there are a lot of folks that don't go to church uh, I know them personally, and they are more than willing to justify themselves in staying out of church, and the excuse that they use is, well, you know, I've got to take care of my family, or, you know, there's family things going on, and what they're doing in their mind without even realizing it, I think, is they're taking their family, and they are pitting their family against the church, and yet if a preacher did that very same thing, if a preacher took the church and pitted it against their family, they would absolutely lose their mind. They would just come unglued. They, they couldn't come to grips with the fact of, I can't understand why a preacher would insist that the church be exalted to a place above my own family. And so I really just want to take the scripture and try to get you to see some things that maybe you've never considered before or maybe you've considered before and you're just not thinking about them. So either way, I'm glad you're with us today. So I want you, if you've got your Bible, take your Bible and look in Ephesians chapter 3. And if you don't have it, if you're on the road or something, I'm going to just read to you from Ephesians chapter 3 and I'm going to look in verse 13. The Bible says, Wherefore, this is Paul speaking, he says, Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. You say, now, Brother Nathan, why are you coming to this particular passage? Well, this is of particular interest to me. This is Ephesians 3, verse 15. He says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Because this is the only place in the New Testament where the word family is mentioned. And I want to just point out to you that the family that he's talking about is not your family. And it's not my family. It's God's family. Now think about that. That's the only mention of the word family. That's not the only place in the New Testament where families are talked about, but that's the only place where the word family is mentioned in the New Testament, and it's not talking about your family. It's talking about God's family. Now you say, well, that doesn't really mean much. Well, it does to me, and I think it should to you. Because a lot of folks use this excuse of, well, I, I don't go to church because, you know, I've got to take care of my family. Well, I've heard this said before. Well, you know, a man doesn't have to go to church every time the doors are open 
because, you know, God understands if a man is trying to take care of his family, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, you take that attitude about your family. Well, God, God takes that attitude about his family. You know, you see, it's not just one way. See, you want to take care of your family, but the concept, that the, the idea, the principle, the philosophy that drives you to take care of your family is really a biblical concept. The Bible says, I believe it was in one of the epistles to Timothy, it says, if a man doesn't provide to, for his own, he's worse than an infidel. Well, that's a biblical concept. You didn't just get that just because your grandpa or your daddy or your grandma or your grandma taught that to you. That concept came from somewhere. Well, it came from the Scripture. It came from God. Well, the reason that it came from the Lord is because that's the way that the Lord is. God expects you to take care of your family because He takes care of His. Well... If he takes care of his family, then he expects you to come home every once in a while. You wouldn't let your kids stay out all night if you've got any sense. I recognize that many folks in this society don't have any sense anymore. But you wouldn't let your kids stay out all night. Well, the same way the Lord doesn't, he, he's not going to let you get away with staying away from his people, from the rest of the family forever. You need to come and associate yourselves with the rest of the family of God. Doesn't that make sense? And if you don't, if you don't go by the Lord's rules, He does what every good parent would do. He chastens you. Uh, my dad used to call that getting a whooping. Uh, maybe that will ring familiar with some of you. But, see, the Lord does that very same thing. You can read about that chastening in the book of Hebrews. The Bible says that we've had fathers after the flesh that chastened us uh, after their own pleasure, but he, talking about the Lord, chastens us for our own profit. He chastens us for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Well, see, you, you sit back and you say, well, I, man's got to take care of his family. Well, God's got to take care of his family too. And it just strikes me that the only time family's mentioned in the New Testament, it's talking about God's family. Seems to me that maybe the Lord puts more emphasis on his family than he does yours. Now, I want you to flip one page over. If you've got your Bible, look there in Ephesians chapter 5. And so a lot of folks will say, well, I'm, I, I've got to stay out of church on Wednesday night or I've got to stay out of church on Wednesday night or, su or Sunday night to take care of my family. And that really is a foolish argument because the church is where you learn how a family is supposed to operate. You say, what's your proof text for that? So glad you asked. Look here in Ephesians chapter 5. And look in verse 18. Get a little bit of context here. It says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. See, there's the Father. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Here we go, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let their wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, well, looky there. Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. 
And he goes on down, verse 28, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Okay, well, he doesn't just stop with wives and husbands. He goes down in chapter 6, verse 1, and says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. You see, you in, in, in instructions to the church at Ephesus, Paul is not writing in this particular situation. He's not writing to an individual. He's not writing to a family. He's writing to a church. Now, let me just stop right here and chase a, a small rabbit trail and just point something out to you. Do you realize how many individuals, out of all the epistles that Paul wrote, do you realize how many individuals Paul actually wrote to? Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Those are the only individuals that Paul wrote letters to that we have record of. He may have wrote to some others, but there's, they're not in the canon of Scripture. Two of those individuals that he wrote to were bishops. They were pastors of churches. I believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Okay, so he wrote to a nation. He wrote to a group of people of a particular nationality. Okay, so you've got Hebrews. And then you've got Philemon that's written to an individual. That's the shortest book that Paul wrote. All of the other books that Paul wrote to, he didn't write them to individuals. He didn't write them to families. Paul didn't write any of his epistles to families. He wrote them to churches. Well, 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 I guess Paul put more of an emphasis on church than he did family. How about that? You say, well, brother, I, I think you're just taking things out of line. No, I, I don't think I am. I think that what's, what's going on is you're really worshiping something that you have no business worshiping. You're worshiping your family when really what you should be worshiping is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you were doing that, you'd put an emphasis in your life on the things that the Lord Jesus Christ put an emphasis on. There are some things that I have had no interest in in my life before I got married. When I got married, I learned to take an interest in some things, not because I was arbitrarily interested in those things, but it's just simply because I love my wife, and my wife was interested in those things. I think you can understand that. Well, there are some things that I didn't have an interest in until I got saved. And even then when I got saved, I still wasn't interested in them. But when I began to get closer to the Lord, started studying my Bible, started praying every day, started trying to be a witness for Jesus Christ, well, man, lo and behold, I all of a sudden began to fall in love with God's people. You say, why? Because God loves his people. Why should I not love his people? And you know what you get out of that? When you fall in love with God's people, you begin to look at God's Word and look at the things that are written to God's people. And bam, right here in Ephesians chapter 5, it tells you how to have a family that's in order. Now here's the thing that's really interesting to me. Here's the thing that just blows my mind. 
I listen to all of these people, and maybe you're one of these folks. Would you just stop and think about something? I listen to all these people talk about how that, you know, it's okay for me to miss church because God understands that I have to put my family first. Listen, you holler about putting your family first and using that as an excuse to stay out of church. Would you stop and just take a look, an honest look at your family for a second? What kind of shape is your family in? You think that God wants you to stay out of church to take care of your family, and yet you and your husband or you and your wife and or you and your kids fuss all the time. You can't get along with your mother-in-law. You have all this strife in your heart. You have all this bitterness and cursing that floats around in your home. Your kids hate coming home. Your kids hate to visit you because there's constantly some kind of turmoil going on. Something about what you're saying doesn't make rational sense. If I could just put it plainly, I'd say this with charity in my heart. I'm really just trying to get you to consider something. It looks like to me that you're insane. You're saying, well, I'm going to stay out of church so I can build my family, and yet your family's falling apart. I don't think I really need to run any more references. I think if you could just step back and look at your family, you could see that yourself. I've been the pastor of this church right here, People's Baptist Church and folks, and I've been here for about two years is all. But I've been the assistant pastor here for about eight years, if I have my math correct. So I've been at this church for somewhere around 10 years, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. I have sat in this church for years. I've been in other churches. I've been in church my whole life. But I have, I have watched people. I've watched about four families in this church. I knew a family in another church in another state. And you talk to those families and you watch those families and, man, you watch the husband and wife and it looks like everything's so perfect and everything is just put together so well. And the kids, you know, all say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am, which I believe you should. I believe that's right. That's common courtesy. That's good manners. That's something that's quickly going away here in the South. And shame on you if you're not, if you kids don't say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. That's something that should be done. That's just right. That's good manners. But not doing a Bible study on that. But here they are. Here's the, this family. Everything looks like it's all put together. And then all of a sudden a preacher gets up and says something about how folks worship their families instead of worshiping the Lord. And that family gets crossways and says, wow. We're going to go somewhere else. We're not coming back to church here ever again. You know where those families are? I can tell you where most of those families, I can tell you where all of those families, five families, four here in Georgia, one in a different state, I can tell you where all of those families are. Two of those families are divorced. Mama and Daddy got divorces. One of the, the other two, two of the other families, they were uh, their families are totally blown apart. The kids have gone nuts. They've lost their mind. The kids are out of church. I mean, it's just falling apart. And the other family that's left uh, that I'm thinking about, it came to find out that Daddy was molesting all the girls in the, in the family. Well, boy, something about that doesn't seem right. Now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. When a man begins to set up something in his heart as an idol, 
God will destroy whatever that man idolizes. Romans chapter 1 is a great example of that. When a man begins to idolize himself, God takes that man and turns him over to a reprobate mind to where he does those things which are not convenient and it, that man just begins to tear himself apart. You can see that in American society in, in a large way right now. But here's families that the thing that they worshipped was family. And you know what happened, has happened to all of those families? They've been torn to shreds. You say, oh, that's just coincidence. I don't believe it is. I believe you'd have to be insane to say that it's just coincidence. You look here in Ephesians chapter 5, and the Bible says in Ephesians 5 verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. You know what, ladies? You don't know how to properly relate to your husband unless you learn that from the relationship that the Lord Jesus Christ has with the church and the relationship that the church has with the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't know how to relate to your husband. And maybe that's the problem. The problem is, is that you've been out of church so, so long, or maybe you're not saved, or maybe you're just bitter at the church that you're going to, and you just can't quite see how the church relates to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's no wonder you don't know how to relate to your husband. And you somehow think that you're going to get that ironed out by staying out of church? According to Ephesians chapter 5, you have no hope. You can't figure out how to relate to your husband without looking at the relationship that the church has with the Lord Jesus Christ. Fellas, you don't get off the hook either. The Bible says husbands love your wives. There's not a period there. It says, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You know, I dare say that you don't really know how to love your wife unless you see the love that Jesus Christ has for the church. You fellows that are under the sound of my voice, the way, if you really love your, your wife, the way that you've learned to love her is by looking at the way that Christ loved the, loved the church. You say, well, how did Christ love the church? Well, the Bible says that he gave himself for it. Well, you don't learn that by sitting in your living room on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and watching CNN. You know what you learn by watching the news? You learn how to love yourself. You know what you learn by watching all that filth that's poured out of Hollywood? You learn how to love yourself. Well, maybe that's why your wife has such a hard time submitting to you because she knows you couldn't care less about her. Sure, sure. Now, ladies, that doesn't let you off the hook. The Bible says you're, suppo you're supposed to submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. But see, you can't have a family that's put together without making a frequent trip down to the house of God. Some of you folks, under the sound of my voice, you're sitting around hoping, hoping that your family will get put together. And it's a vain hope because you have removed yourself from the single element that God has given to you in order to learn how to have a family that's put in order. And you don't have any hope. You just, not until you get in church. Now listen, let me give you one thing and I'm going to close this Bible study. If the family is supposed to be exalted, 
to this supreme place, why did none of the apostles take that attitude? You know, according to Mark chapter 1, that Peter had a wife. You say, how do you know that? Because he had a mother-in-law. The Bible says in Mark chapter 1 that Peter's wife's mother had a fever, and Jesus came in and healed her. Well, Peter had a wife. Well, when you get over into Matthew chapter 19, Jesus Christ is talking to his disciples. And the disciples have asked him, they've said, here in Matthew 19 verse 27, Peter is talking to the Lord and he says, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife, uh-oh, or children, Oh my, or lands for my namesake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. You say, well, family's supposed to be first and, you know, we're going to sacrifice the church going in order to hold our family together. Why didn't any of the apostles take that attitude? When the Lord Jesus Christ came by to Peter and he came by to Andrew and he came by to James and John, and he said, hey, follow me. He didn't stick around to see how they were going to respond. He said, follow me, and he kept walking. What do you think would have happened if Peter would have thought to himself, oh, man, I can't, I can't leave because I got a wife. I can't leave because I got to take care of my family. You know what Jesus told him in another place? I believe it was Matthew chapter 5. Jesus told him, it's actually Matthew chapter 6, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Food and raiment. All of the carnal needs that needed to be taken care of in the day-to-day -day course of things. The Lord told him, he said, you take care of my business, I'll make sure that your needs are met. You take care of my business, and I'll make sure that your family's kept in order. You know what's going on with a lot of Christians this day and age? They're using their family as an excuse to stay out of church. They're using their family as an excuse to not serve the Lord like they know they're supposed to. And at the same time they're doing that, their family is falling apart. Their family is going to the four winds. Dear Christian, don't let that happen to you. Don't use your family as an excuse to not serve the Lord. Don't use your family as an excuse to stay away from the church. Don't use your family as an excuse to go do what it is that you want to do. Get in church. Get in your Bible. Get on your knees. Be a witness for Jesus Christ. And let the Lord take care of those things. Thanks for joining us. God bless you and have a great day.